0: You're listening to the IPHC Leadership Cast. Hello and welcome to this edition of the IPHC Leadership Cast. My name is Garrett Magby. I'm the uh, website manager for the communication um, uh, section of the IPHC. And today I am here with a very special guest. I'm here with Dr. Garnet E. Pike, um, who not only founded the uh, School of Christian Ministry at Emmanuel College, but also started the graduate school at Southwestern Christian University and pastored for over 10 years in Yukon, Oklahoma? Is that correct? Yes, sir. How are you doing today? I'm doing well today. It's a pleasure to have you here with us. Um, well, it's great to be here and have this opportunity to share. Well, we really appreciate it. Um, now, today we're going to talk a little bit, uh, first of all, I want to kind of talk about your book that you wrote. Uh, you wrote a book uh, w- titled, Receiving the Promise of the Father, How to Be Baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, how, when did you write this book?
1: That book came about as a result of my time of service at Emmanuel College in Georgia. I was wrestling with the students, leading fall revivals and spring revivals and how to lead them to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it just seemed like the Holy Spirit said to me, why don't you use the scriptures in leading people to the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the same way that you use scriptures when you lead people to salvation? That was sort of a dull moment to wake up, Garnet. Right. And so as a result of that, I went to the scriptures and drew out of the scriptures the foundation and the principles that would easily lead people through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the conclusion of that was, I found that it's as easy to speak in tongues or be baptized in the Holy Spirit as it is to be saved. And when we dealt with some of the issues that hindered students from receiving the Holy Spirit, and amazingly, they were easily swept into that experience and rejoiced at God's blessings on their lives.
0: Wow! And and was that uh, that moment that you had? How what kind of transitioned you into having that moment? Like when when it when it dawned on you, hey, this is the way that it needs to happen. This is what
1: I'm called to present to them. Well, basically, you know, I'm, it was just sort of a a God moment that the. Uh, I was struggling and wrestling with God as, you know, why come it so hard, especially for Pentecostal homeless students, <clears throat> as well as others, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? And putting aside the fact the devil didn't want, you know, empowered believers, uh, it basically was my fault in that I had really not given the proper foundation and teaching that, to prepare the way. And when I began to do that through the book, and then it was published, uh, students were more readily to receive it because there's great power in the Word. And as I used the Word, the Word and the Spirit worked together to really get through to the students. And as they just followed the simple principles of the Scriptures, they were easily baptized in the Holy Spirit without a lot of, you know, baggage Brought along with it. We did away with that as much as possible, and God graciously blessed there at the school. And then this book has been greatly blessed It's now around the world, and it's in Spanish, and we also have it in Mandarin and even uh, Swahili. Wow, okay. so it's been translated in many languages, and God has. Blessing it wherever it goes. Wherever it goes, and that's amazing. And, and the book basically is a, is an
0: outline. Um, and I'm looking at the table of contents here. But you you start with the promise of the Father, and you go from there uh, through the different the different sections, basically understanding the Holy Spirit and the the operation, um, all the way till the last chapter, the power of focused prayer in the Spirit. Right. At the point that after you've received. That gifting, that that mm-hmm. infillment of the Holy Spirit. Um, now, tell me, tell me a little bit. Tell all of our listeners a little bit about that process for you personally, and in communicating with the students at Emmanuel, and then even after Emmanuel, uh, throughout your um, your ministry, uh, about that process of the Holy Spirit and it, it being put on other, someone else, baptized, people being baptized in the Spirit.
1: Well, first of all, when I began to do my research and studies, uh, naturally, Jesus is the primary example. He's example A, and so I studied the life of Christ, and when you look at the life of Christ, you see that Jesus came (coughs) through the voice of John the Baptist. He was announced as one, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. Well, that's Jesus as Savior. Then John continues there and talks about (coughs) There's one coming after me, whose shoes are not worthy to unlatch, and he shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So John the Baptist noticed and promoted and was the advanced man, so to speak, for Jesus as a Savior. But Jesus was also the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. And then after that happened, we see that the Spirit of God descended on Jesus had his baptism in the River Jordan by John. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, the Holy Spirit descended upon him and remained upon him according to the Gospel of John. And so, Jesus had this experience. And uh, so, since he had this experience and this encounter, and that was part of his life and ministry, then we should be ready to receive it and accept what Jesus came to bring, not just salvation, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and all the other benefits that come as a result of God's great grace to each and every one of us.
0: Right, right. And in that, in that um, process, that that realization and that thought, and of course the truth that is in within what you just said, uh, you noticed that the students initially with the book and explaining this process to them is that what helped them be more readily uh, willing and, and accepting of that baptism.
1: Yes, um, once they are taught, you know, the power of the Word, and I believe in that, with the Holy Spirit, it just knocked down a lot of things and made it simple, you know. And for instance, an example is, it says, they began to speak in other tongues. Well, most in our tradition, you know, they, it's not just speak, it's usually a shouting or crying or weeping and everything else, but the Bible's very clear in Acts, the second chapter, and they began to speak, Well, when you and I are talking, we speak in a natural voice. We don't have to raise our voice. We don't have to shout. We don't have to cry. Well, the same is true when a person is baptized in the Holy Spirit. You just begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives utterance. And notice in that passage of Scripture in the book of Acts that the Spirit is the one who gives the utterance. And since he is the one who's the author of the language or, or author of the speaking, then we need to recognize that's why it's called a spiritual language, because the one who authors it, or starts it, initiates it, is a spirit, and he now lives in you as a result of salvation, so the one who lives in you, whether you call him God the Father, or God the Son, or God the Holy Spirit, he is the one who speaks to you, through you, in another language, and, uh, Again, that's why it's called a spiritual language. Right. And that's why you don't necessarily know what's going to be the sound he's going to make or the language and the way he's going to speak. But you just need to trust he's a good God and he's giving a good gift to everyone who's ready to receive and yield their tongue to the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. And did you find initially
0: when, when you're explaining this to, let's say, someone who's not as familiar um Either with, you know, Pentecostal, the Pentecostal church, Pentecostal tra- tradition, um, or even even that baptism of the Holy Spirit with the initial evidence of tongues, and that that they haven't been exposed to that throughout their life, is there a nervousness, uh, and and how do you combat that nervousness in
1: someone who doesn't really know what's going on initially, um, when that happens? Well, basically, yeah, uh, the scriptures are in a la- Acts, uh, no, Luke eleven. It talks about if you ask for bread, you're going to get bread. If you ask for an egg, you're going to get an egg. If you ask for a fish, you're going to get a fish. You won't get a scorpion or snake or some substitute or some scary thing. You'll get exactly what you ask for. So basing up, basic on that scripture in Luke 11, and then it concludes and says, How much more will your heavenly Father give the gift of the Holy Spirit to those that Ask. All they need to do is ask. And so when you explain that and also explain that it's not you making it up, it's the Spirit of God in you speaking through you, then some of the issues that the students are confronting or a seeker is confronting are done away with because God loves them and God will withhold no good thing from them who walk uprightly. So it's easy for them to believe and receive. As a result. As a result. You uh, you wrote this book, and <clears throat>
0: excuse me, and um, even through the students reading this book, you said that they were <clears throat> they were more susceptible to the idea. They were more open to the idea, uh, and not only that, but they it was easier. At that point, to communicate with them um, from Emmanuel and that experience there, moving, moving forward um, throughout your ministry, uh, what has been your experience with this new, this new understanding of the Holy Spirit?
1: Well, as a result of the book, and mainly with the graduate school, where I mainly had pastors in the class, I've encouraged them to take the book and go chapter by chapter and uh, many have testified that if they, as they've done that about the 10 chapters in a series, then they can easily lead their congregants through to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, whereas before they struggled. And I've found that true over and over again. And many, when they are taught properly, <clears throat> basically it's very seldom when I teach on that, that the class of the group, not 100% of them, receiving the Holy Spirit. 100% I break forth, 100% just begin to speak. There may be a little emotion because of the excitement and right. a little timidity because of initial fear, but perfect love casts out fear. And so I just press them on, and press beyond your fears and just receive God's gracious gift and demonstration of love to you and Man, they speak in tongues. They speak in tongues. It's just as easy to speak in tongues as it is to speak in English.
0: Absolutely. First Corinthians
1: 14, 14 says that. So yeah. <clears throat> it's wonderful to see them release and the, you know, the excitement and the radiance that begins to fill their face when they break through it because it's... Up to that point in time, it's been so hard. It's been so mysterious. I don't know if I'm worthy of it to, to receive it. And I'm not sure I'm going to do it the right way. And all these questions are floating around. But the power of the Word and the anointing of the Spirit just sets them free. And they can easily receive as a result. As a result. And you know, that uh, that's very important because uh, even in my own
0: life, I've known people that have spent uh, years... Almost stressing about this this topic, uh, and these are the these are the things that would would help them not only understand better but receive what they've been desiring for all of this time. Right. You know. Um, now let me ask you this, uh, we're, and we're getting close to the end of our time together. But let me ask you uh, your personal experience with the Holy Spirit, um, even even beyond the book and teaching others. Um, going back to the very beginning, what are some of your um, your uh let's say experiences that that led you up to that moment where you received the baptism and then from there your experience with the holy spirit throughout ministry how has it guided you and and helped direct you we know about the book but in even other ways
1: well basically i was fortunate i raised in canada north of toronto i was fortunate to be raised in a in an assembly of god home it's called the pentecostal assemblies of canada because we didn't have a pentecostal homeless church and that uh, church in the local community there was a place where the spirit of god was always moving and and regular part of uh, the manifestation gifts as well as the presence and power of god and signs and wonders with healing was taking place so i i grew to love that i grew to recognize this is real pentecost and uh, so out of that you know i had a great hunger for that and as a result of that, then I just continued to pursue God. And so Pentecost has been a vital part of my life ever since my childhood days and my, those experience. And so as a result of that, you know, it's been easy for me to, to embrace it and easy to teach it. And one of the major things, which I think a lot of times we miss, is that when a person is baptized in the Holy Spirit, There's what Jack Hayford calls the ongoingness of the Spirit, that you can continue to walk in the Spirit, be led by the Spirit. You can continue to pray in the Spirit and uh, sing in the Spirit. It's not just once that you speak in tongues, but you can speak in tongues every day because the Spirit of God is continually abiding within you. And so it's a natural uh, theological conclusion but when you do that, then you just live the victorious, overcoming life. Not that you don't have some problems, but you recognize the Spirit of God's in me, and greater is He that's in me than He's in the world. And so if I just am obedient enough to rely upon Him to help me in the difficulties of life and the situations that I face, then I'm going to be an overcoming believer as a result of the Spirit of God within me. Not that I'm better Christian than anybody else, but I just have a better source. And everyone has that better source living within them to help them through life situations. And so, as a result of it, we as Pentecostal charismatics should be living the overcoming victorious life. And that's only possible by the power of the Spirit. For he came to bring not just life, Jesus said, I came to bring life, but I also came to bring the more abundant life. I want to live in the more abundant life, urge my students to, urge my people to, for His honor and for His glory. For His glory. Amen. Amen.
0: Do you have anything that you want to leave our listeners with before we go? Any uh, advice or, or even um, just things to, to ponder upon before we,
1: before we uh, head out? I just have one quote I want to give and leave with the readers. Okay. Andrew Murray, the great saint, wrote one time, Men ought to seek with their whole hearts to be filled with the Spirit of God. Without being filled with the Spirit, it's utterly impossible that an individual Christian or a church can ever live or work as God desires. We need the Spirit of God in our lives today, more than ever before in all that we're facing. But He is in us and He's with us. Praise God. Yes, he is. Praise God.
0: Dr. Pike, thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate it, and hopefully, we'll uh, have the, the honor and privilege of talking with you again in the future. All right. Be my
1: honor. Thank you. Thank you. Bless you. And I just bless the International Pentecostal Church. Thank
0: you so Thank you for listening to the IPHC Leadership Cast. For more information on the Leadership Cast and other church-related resources, please visit www.iphc.org.